Brake Fix's History of Motorsports series is brought to you in part by the International Motor Racing Research Center, as well as the Society of Automotive Historians, the Watkins Glen Area Chamber of Commerce, and the Argetsinger family. Real Racers Turn in Both Directions, Autocross, Life Skills, and The Woman Driver by Chris Lazat. After a career in advertising, some of it spent writing commercials, Dr. Lazat earned a master's degree at Eastern Michigan University and a PhD from Bowling Green State University. Now working as an independent scholar, she investigates the relationship between women and cars in a variety of contexts, including women's participation in traditionally masculine cultures, including motorsports, as well as representations of women and cars in popular culture. Dr. Lazat's current project focuses on women's growing involvement in autocross, the reasons for women's participations, and the methods by which women negotiate entry into a historically masculine environment, and how the autocross experience contributes to women's identity, self-knowledge, and empowerment. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for your interest in this presentation, which focuses on women's participation in the motorsport of autocross. I'm Crystal Zadden, an independent scholar. The overarching subject of my research is the relationship between women and cars in a variety of contexts. Three years ago, in November of 2019, I attended the Argus Singer Conference on the invitation of Don Capps. At that time, I had recently accepted an invitation to write a chapter focused on the history of women-only racing for an upcoming book on the history and politics of motorsports. I called upon the conference, therefore, not only to become better informed regarding motorsports scholarship, but to also conduct research at the IMRRC. A big shout out to Jenny Ambrose, who helped me in that endeavor. As part of my investigation for this book project, I interviewed a number of women who posted about their involvement in motorsports on the SCCA Facebook Women on Track page. While the women participated in many motorsports arenas, the overwhelming majority I discovered ran an autocross. As motorsports are historically unwelcoming to women, I was intrigued by the notion of a motorsports venue that was somewhat effective in attracting female participants. As one of my primary research interests is women who successfully negotiate entry into masculine car cultures, such as muscle cars and pickup trucks, I thought that an investigation of women who participate in autocross would be an interesting and perhaps revelational project to pursue. Of course, shortly after that conference, COVID closed everything down, including a large number of motorsports events. So I had to wait a couple of years before embarking on the autocross study. I began attending motorsports events in the fall of 2021 and just recently completed the transcription of the last of 31 one-hour interviews conducted with female autocross drivers. I also spent a great deal of time on social media and locations such as the aforementioned Women on Track Facebook page where women asked questions, posted results, and provided support for one another. This presentation today is a first attempt to introduce my initial findings. The study of women in autocross is important for a number of reasons. Scholarship on women in motorsports tend to fall into two camps, sexist attitudes and practices which create barriers to women's professional motocross participation, and monographs focused on the success of exceptional women who have made it in the masculine world of motorsports. Amateur motorsports as a potential stepping stone to professional aspirations, as a male-dominated activity in which men participate, or as a source of female identity and empowerment has not been examined. Although women comprise over 50% of licensed drivers, women's participation in motorsports at all levels and all types of events is less than 4%. However, women have, have at times represented nearly 20% of autocross participants on a national level. 
This suggests that there are qualities of autocross that are particularly appealing to women drivers and that women have developed successful strategies to become integrated and accepted into the autocross community. How women negotiate entry in a traditionally hypermasculine culture such as motorsports has relevance not only to activities associated with the automobile, but to any location in which masculinity and male culture hampers women's participation. Therefore, as I began this investigation into women's autocross participation, my initial objective was to address the following questions. Who are the women who participate in autocross? What strategies do women call upon to gain entry into the autocross arena? What are the qualities that attract women to autocross? How do women benefit from autocross participation? What are the obstacles to women's autocross participation? And how does women's participation challenge and reshape autocross culture? So what exactly is autocross? Although I suspect most of you are familiar with it, I thought I would provide a short description for those who are not. Autocross is a timed competition in which drivers navigate one at a time through unique course defined by cones or pylons. Autocross events are typically held on flat paved surfaces like parking lots or airport tarmacs with few obstructions. Unlike racetracks, autocross courses vary in size, surface, and layout. Each event presents a new challenge. Events typically have many classes that allow almost any vehicle, with the possible exception of SUVs and pickup trucks, to compete. While speeds are generally no greater than those encountered on the highway, success at autocross requires concentration, precision maneuvering, and quick reflexes. Autocross welcomes drivers of all ages and all abilities. The only equipment required is a driver's license, approved helmet, and vehicle. Although I have not participated in an autocross as a driver, I observed at two local autocross events held at a driver's education lot and a regional pro solo event, which took place at the Toledo Airport, to gain a better understanding of autocross and the women who run in it. Who are the women who participate in autocross? The women who contributed to this project were recruited from local events as well as the SCCA Women on Track Facebook page. They ranged in age from 23 to 72, with the largest group, 30%, from the 30 to 39 range. The women varied in autocross experience levels from less than one year to nearly 50, beginners to national championship winners. 84% were married or partnered, but just 23% had children. 20 identified as non-white and 90% as heterosexual. While women in warm weather states were in the majority, no doubt due to the extended racing seasons in those climates, women in other areas of the country were well represented. In terms of political ideology, of those who provided an answer, 60% leaned left, 25% were moderate, and 15% identified as conservative. While the sample size is not large enough to be generalizable, the demographics do provide an interesting contrast to the white male conservative population that makes up the overwhelming majority of the motorsports population. This disparity does not only explain why women often have difficulty entering the motorsports arena, but also suggests that, in greater numbers, women have the potential to alter the motorsports culture to be more diverse, inclusive, and supportive. So what strategies do women call upon to gain entry into the autocross arena? An interest in automobiles in general, and motorsports in particular, is not cultivated in the majority of young women. Not only are gendered practices regarding toys that move enforced at a very young age, but women who express more than an average fascination with cars are often labeled unnatural or freakish. Consequently, women are often unaware of motorsports as something in which they can participate, unless encouraged by someone or something with knowledge or interest. While a few of the women came from racing or car-centric families, most were introduced to autocross through car clubs, work environments, other racing communities such as motorcycles, or more often 
by male significant others, fathers, brothers, or co-workers. Many of the men consider the participation of their wives or girlfriends as a way to rationalize their own autocross habit as well as an opportunity to spend more time together doing something they enjoyed. But women who often shared cars with husbands or boyfriends appreciated the male support and found pleasure and excitement in the shared autocross experience. So what are the qualities that attract women to autocross? The first is affordability. Autocross is the most affordable of all motorsports. When starting out, many of the women use daily drivers to see if autocross is something they might want to pursue. Car sharing is encouraged in autocross. Couples often co-drive cars, and carless women will usually find someone with whom to share a vehicle. Autocross entries are less expensive than other motorsports, and there is less wear and tear in the car, although avid autocrossers go through a whole lot of tires. Historically and culturally, women have been directed toward practical vehicles. Consequently, it is often difficult for them to rationalize spending money on something as impractical and excessive as a race car. The use of a daily driver and the ability to car share makes the money directed toward autocross easier to justify. But women also mention the accessibility of autocross. Experience and special driving skills are not required. Autocross is very much a learn-as-you-go motorsport. There are always individuals on hand eager to ride along with novice drivers, provide instruction, and explain the basic. Many of the women began by attending autocross events with boyfriends or husbands as spectators, eventually proclaiming that I can do this and taking the wheel themselves. Another quality that attracts women is safety. Numerous studies have demonstrated that as a population, women are safer drivers than men. Culturally, women are considered responsible for family safety and are encouraged to purchase vehicles with an abundance of features that will protect their family and loved ones. It is no surprise, therefore, that most of the women mention safety as an important component of autocross participation. Safety in autocross takes two forms. First, autocross organizations have established policies and procedures to make sure people on site, in cars, and on the course are safe. Secondly, the course itself is designed to minimize conditions that could cause harm. Cars are run one at a time on a flat, closed course without obstructions. The only object which could cause car damage is a plastic cone. As a test of coordination, concentration, and driving skill, rather than power and performance, cars rarely get above 60 miles an hour. Many of the mothers in the group mention that autocross relieves the worry that something will happen to them on the track. Although most racing events are associated with high-speed risk and daring, autocross is promoted and experienced as an exciting, exhilarating, adrenaline-pumping, yet ultimately safe way to experience motorsport. The most popular quality that attracts women to autocross is camaraderie. Almost all women mention that the camaraderie and support of the autocross community as a prime motivation for participation. As most come to autocross with little experience and a lot of trepidation, the support of other autocrosses helps to ease tension, build confidence, and become comfortable in the motorsports environment. There is a lot of downtime in autocross. With just three to five minutes of actual driving each day, the women use time spent in the grid and the impound to talk with other drivers, discuss what went right and what went wrong, and learn from each other. They talk about cars at lunch, at setups, or while working on the site. Autocross is a volunteer activity. If you run, you have to work. So helping with registration, working the course, spending an hour in the timing trailer, or volunteering as an instructor provides time to socialize while gaining a better understanding of the sport. Many of the women are active on social media and develop online friendships. Some attend regional and national events where the large group of female entrants provide a sense of solidarity and empowerment. Many of the women refer to the autocross community as family and feel that autocross has extended their circle of friends to all corners of the country. 
One of the ways camaraderie is nurtured is the ladies' classes. However, as an activity in which men and women are segregated, there is always controversy. Those opposed to ladies' classes believe that women can only improve by beating the boys. Those in favor cite the potential increase in female participation generated by ladies' classes. Many women start in ladies and move to open once their confidence and skill levels have improved. Some run in open locally, where there is often little competition in ladies, and switch to ladies at regional and national events. I attended a regional event at which there were large ladies' classes, and the camaraderie and support among the participants was palpable. The women began the day by joining in a group dance in the grid, then congratulated and commiserated with each other in the impound after all had completed their runs. Photos from the SCCA solo nationals held in Lincoln, Nebraska, feature dozens of photos with women from all over the country joining together in solidarity. As many of the women mentioned, when gathered together in the ladies' classes, they feel confident and newly empowered. So how do women benefit from autocross participation? Many of the women mentioned how autocross changed their relationship with the automobile in significant ways. Not only does autocross provide the opportunity to understand the car better, but it teaches important driving skills that translate to everyday life. Autocross also provides an experience unequaled in daily driving, the thrill of driving fast, the adrenaline of competition, the opportunity to continue to improve one's performance, the mental challenge, the chance to be a badass behind the wheel. Many of the women enjoy the surprise of others when they discover that the mild-mannered school teacher or uptight business manager autocrosses on the weekends. Autocross can change women. They become more confident in their skills and in themselves, more outgoing and self-assured in relationship with others, better equipped to handle stress in everyday life, and closer to those with whom they share the autocross experience. Those who do especially well in autocross have unique opportunities to compete for national championships, test drive cars in other parts of the country, and become ambassadors for all autocrossing women. What are the obstacles to women's participation? In order to consider participating in autocross, one has to know it exists. Most women are unaware that engaging in motorsports on such an accessible and affordable level is possible. Those who do find their way to an autocross event often start out fearful, not by the course or getting behind the wheel, but are nervous they will embarrass themselves in front of friends, family, and most especially, the men in attendance. Positive interactions with newcomers to autocross are essential for retaining new drivers. Those who have remained in autocross cite the camaraderie of the autocross community as responsible for their continued participation. The woman I spoke to mentioned how in the beginning they were able to get over their fears through the actions and assistance of more experienced drivers, especially other women. Now that they have gained confidence as drivers, the women actively play it forward to autocross novices. Out of the 31 women interviewed for this project, only seven had children. This points to the biggest obstacle in female participation, how to accommodate families so that women can drive. As culturally, women are considered responsible for childcare. If someone has to stay home with the kids while the other runs at autocross, it is almost always the female partner. Women within autocross organizations have developed groups to specifically address the obstacles that hamper women in the sport. One of the key tasks was to create an environment that encourages family participation. The ladies' classes were, in fact, developed in part to address this issue. If a couple shares a car but not the same class, one parent can watch the kids while the other competes. This has allowed women who had reluctantly stayed at home to not only have the opportunity to run, but to share in a mutually enjoyable activity with the family. Historically, motorsports has been dominated by white conservative men. As indicated by many of the women, some of the old-timers have misogynistic views that hamper, if not discourage, females' participation. 
Women who participate with male partners are often somewhat shielded from this type of behavior. Those who don't either learn to avoid such individuals or learn to let it roll off their backs. Women within the autocross community work diligently to make the environment a welcoming one. While this has been mostly successful in the ladies' classes, there need to be more women in autocross on all levels, particularly in leadership positions, to affect that kind of cultural change. How does women's participation challenge and reshape autocross culture? Women in autocross understand that it is on them to increase female participation. Often this means gaining respect and working their way into places of authority within various motorsports organizations. Becoming active in autocross clubs and programs provides the opportunity to create and implement policies beneficial to the female drivers. Many of the women I spoke to volunteer as committee chairs, club officers, program directors, newsletter editors, photographers, graphic designers, social media administrators, and a multitude of other positions that provide access and influence to the autocross community. Others take part on a more basic level by volunteering as instructors and creating a welcoming environment for those new to the sport. Women-led groups within autocross organizations work to serve the needs of female drivers. They not only develop strategies to recruit more women to autocross, but also work to secure sponsors to create scholarship opportunities for novice women. By working from within, women in autocross have the opportunity not only to increase female participation, but in doing so, change the culture of autocross from a historically white masculine fraternity to a diverse and inclusive community that welcomes all drivers. Autocross is an amateur activity. Although women have achieved great success on the autocross stage, the sport is rarely a route to a professional career in motorsports. Rather, it is an activity taken on for its challenges, thrills, uniqueness, fun, and most importantly, camaraderie. It provides an opportunity to develop friendships with those who share an interest from all walks of life from all over the country. For those with autocrossing partners, it is a chance to spend time together in a mutually enjoyed pastime. To the women in autocross, success is not only measured by time on the clock. Rather, it's about successfully applying oneself to an undertaking that is challenging, invigorating, exhausting, and ultimately rewarding. It is about learning and improving skills one run at a time. It is about bringing other women into the sport and helping, teaching, commiserating, and encouraging them. It is about creating a supportive, welcoming, and empowering community, not just for women, but for everyone involved in the autocross hobby. That concludes this presentation. Thank you for your attention, and I am welcome to any questions. Can you tell me how to get in touch with the SCCA and get my wife involved in that? Yes, I can. I'll see I interviewed her, yeah. Do any of the women involved in autocross move up? to another category, like a track racing or rattling? Some of them do, I was curious about that. Some of them do track days, and they do driver's education, but very few of them go on to any wheel-to-wheel -wheel competition. problem with those activities is they're more expensive. Gasoline's expensive. It's more wear and tear in the cars, so most of them just stick to autos. And a lot of them have been doing it for 40 or 50 years, doing it for a really long time. Some of them are quite good. They have national championships. So another way to come at this is to look at an organization that promotes this kind of thing. I, I was thinking about the Porsche Club of America, as you spoke, whose slogan, by the way, is it's not the cars, it's the people. Their propaganda, all media, is filled with um, the sense that this is a family-friendly set of activities. Many photographs of men and women, although generally heterosexual couples. At the same time, it's pretty clear that the power brokers within the organization at various levels are nearly all male. And the little bit of marketing information I've seen, particularly if you exclude the, the SUVs, show that nearly all Porsche 
purchasers or leasers are males. It's a kind of a difficult situation. Right. Well, I actually, one of the women I spoke to started an autocross through the Porsche Club. She and her husband drive boxsters. But she mentioned that they don't have ladies' classes in the Porsche Club. Everybody has to run it open. So if you're sharing a car, that becomes problematic. It's okay if you don't have children, but if you do, then it's an issue. But like I said, most of the women I talked to didn't have children, and perhaps that's what made them able to participate this for a long period of time. If I missed it, I apologize, but have you done this yourself, or in all of the research that you were doing, did you get the urge to get behind the wheel and do uh, it yourself? No, I have not, and I am too old to start, but I would like to ride along with somebody. I think that would be all right, but I don't want to really want to try it myself. I'm not that confident of a driver. I didn't know it existed when I was younger, so. I think it should be pointed out that the national SCCA National Solo Championship is probably one of the largest motorsport events in the world. Yes. In Lincoln, Nebraska. As a former director of SCCA, I've watched this sport develop and come up. And it used to be, yes, it, a lot of people who did, did our crossing went into racing. It doesn't seem to be that crossover anymore. Most of the people who go autocrossing do autocrossing, and that's, that's as far as they go. But it is still an incredibly popular event, and it is, as I say, once again, I've forgotten the exact numbers, but I think it approaches 1,000. Yeah, I think they had 1,200 this year, and they had a lot of women. Sounds right. I know some friends who went. Yeah, a lot of the women I talked to went. That's um, the event you should go to. Yeah, it's in October. Hi, my name is Luis Martinez, and I'm very active in the Porsche Club of America. I used to be the president of the Finger Lakes region, and... I'm a track instructor here at Watkins Glen, and I have been for over 20 years. Just want to give you a few positive examples of women in Porsche Club of America. The youngest ever track instructor certified by PCA by Porsche Club of America is Ashley Novak. She was 18 years old, and she was a track instructor here and elsewhere. And uh, now, of course, she's married and has a family and all that. Another positive example is Aurora Strauss. Her father is Ari Strauss. Aurora Strauss, I remember when she was 11 years old, 12 years old, and she was being taught how to drive at Monticello Motor Club in uh, Monticello, New York. Today, she's a professional AMSA driver as well as a Harvard graduate. Just last week, I released a story that went to the PCA Club Racing News, which is based in California, about a husband-wife club racing team, Steve and Mary Schindler, whom I've known and they were here in June, and I wrote a story about Mary and Steve, and they each have what I call his and hers car, and they both, they change in, I mean, they race in different categories, but they do race. I could go on with many examples of being active in uh, club racing sports uh, for over 50 years. Thank you. With your background in writing car commercials, I was thinking you might be the perfect person to do um, a presentation or a book on women in um, automotive advertising. Any thoughts on that? I'd like to leave my advertising past behind. But I did write an article that was in the um, Automotive History Review about my time spent at McCann Erickson working on Buick and GMC truck, and I did do some advertising that focused on women, which at the time, this was in the 80s, which was very unusual at the time. But as a book, nah, no. But thanks for the idea. In which states do most of this autocross happen? Well, the women I talked to were, a lot of them were on the West Coast, but there were also people in Utah, Texas, Georgia, Florida, New York. They were pretty much from all over. I think they just have a longer racing season on the West Coast than they do, obviously, in the North. 
Well, I know they autocross in the rain. I don't know if they autocross on the ice. But. Thank you, Chris. This episode is brought to you in part by the International Motor Racing Research Center. Its charter is to collect, share, and preserve the history of motorsports, spanning continents, eras, and race series. The center's collection embodies the speed, drama, and camaraderie of amateur and professional motor racing throughout the world. The center welcomes serious researchers and casual fans alike to share stories of race drivers, race series, and race cars captured on their shelves and walls and brought to life through a regular calendar of public lectures and special events. To learn more about the center, visit www.racingarchives.org. This episode is also brought to you by the Society of Automotive Historians. They encourage research into any aspect of automotive history. The SAH actively supports the compilation and preservation of papers, organizational records, print ephemera and images to safeguard, as well as to broaden and deepen the understanding of motorized, wheeled land transportation through the modern age and into the future. For more information about the SAH, visit www.autohistory.org. If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, everybody. Crew Chief Eric here. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Break Fix, and we wanted to remind you that GTM remains a no annual fees organization, and our goal is to continue to bring you quality episodes like this one at no charge. As a loyal listener, please consider subscribing to our Patreon for bonus and behind-the-scenes content, extra goodies, and GTM swag. For as little as $2.50 a month, you can keep our developers, writers, editors, casters, and other volunteers fed on their strict diet of Fig Newtons, gummy bears, and Monster. Consider signing up for Patreon today at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. And remember, without fans, supporters, and members like you, none of this would be possible.